Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Wood and my guests today are Benedetta and Valeria Bianchini, otherwise known as the Foodie Sisters. <laughs> uh, and you're, That's right, yeah? Yes, it's true. It is. We are the Foodie Sisters. And you're based in Rome. Yes. And okay, so why are you called the Foodie Sisters? Tell us a little bit about that and your family and how you uh, came to work together in Italian food and wine. Well, um, my sister and I have been working in in, um, tourism and hospitality for many, many years. And as, you know, as we worked, we decided that we wanted to, it just came natural to to specialize in our like foods, food passions. And so I became a trained pastry chef. Benedetta became a wine sommelier, uh, olive oil sommelier and a professional cheese taster. And from there, the next natural step was to open our own company, just focused on uh, food and wine experiences in Italy. And it was supported by our family, by our mom, which she's she's probably the one who put all the little seeds, you know, in our in our hearts because she is such a foodie. She is like the typical mom. She's a typical mom that during breakfast she, she asks you, "Okay, so what do you want for dinner?" Yeah, exactly. And and so that's that's how our company Local Aromas started, and and from there. You know, we started doing in-person food and wine experiences. And the next natural step was like, okay, but, you know, it's wonderful to have all these one-to-one experiences with people. But how would it be amazing to continue this conversation with all the people that are not physically in Italy and in Rome with us? And so that is when we started our YouTube channel about a year and a half ago. And that is how the Foodie Sisters in Italy began. (laughs) So how does that, I mean, how does that work? How did you capture your audience? Well, well, our audience, we've had a lot of people come here during our cooking classes and and this interaction between my sister and I at the beginning, it was just very much her and me together, you know, doing cooking classes or taking people to tour because we just wanted to, you know, it was our company at the beginning. So it was very, a lot about us. And um, one of the main philosophies when we created our company was that this was, it's a family, people that take one of our tours, any of our tours or cooking class, they become part of our, of our family. And we really love to pamper and wow them. And so you create this bond that however goes beyond, I mean, once a cooking class and then, you know, emails and we have a Facebook page. And so people were communicating, like friendships were created. So then when we launch our YouTube channel, they sort of started, you know, spreading and, and then following and then sharing with friends and then sharing with other friends. And, and so it just got, uh, it, it got big and we now have more than, than 2000 subscribers and, um, and we're very proud. So you cover, I mean, your approach to food and wine uh, recognizes that, you know, each Italian region or area has its own flavors and styles and traditions and so on. Uh, can you give us a 30 second history lesson on um, Italian history and how that relates to food and diversity. 
Easy question, right? <laughs> easy, easy question. No, so something that that we I, I always try to to underline. There is this misconception that you know people come to Rome and they ask you, you know, where can I eat the best pesto, and uh, and they're not aware that in in a city like Rome, you you do not have pesto. You would go to uh, to Genova to have it, but here you have, the, you know, amatriciana, carbonara, grisha. Um, and and like this, every single region has its own unique uh, unique ingredients. Even we had to design a food tour in Florence, and and our guide asked us if we wanted to serve lampredotto. I had no idea what lampredotto was. I had never even seen lampredotto, and so and that's the beauty of it. So. To, to teach people that, you know, yes, Italy has been around for many, many centuries. We became a country not that long ago, considering our history. And so the magic of traveling through Italy in its food is that you're going to find dishes that are so completely different, even if you're just a couple of, 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 of kilometers away. Yeah, this diversity comes through also in the, in the region. And obviously, Italy's uh, regions are very, as you said, um, particular about their own individual way of cooking uh in terms of wine is that the same uh, that you see this diversity do you get involved in wine when you're talking about food as well well yes yes i do talk about wine when 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 you know food food and wine go hand in hand they're like you know they they are so important yes because then you understand why some wines like i i lived in in umbria for for many years and one of my favorite reds is sagrantino di montefalco and so when i when i you know speak about sagrantino then you speak about why a wine like sagrantino is is paired with the typical food of that region because, you know, it's one of the most tannic grapes and you have to eat it with however dishes that pair well with it. And so then this does, in a way, this goes throughout the entire, you know, various dishes throughout uh, throughout all of Italy. Assolutamente, yes. Okay. So obviously in wine, we do a lot of wine tasting. Do you do um, olive oil tastings? Yes, we, we, we do olive oil tastings too. And it's something that gradually was, was actually being picked up because people, but if, even Italians too, me too, when I first approached the world of, of olive oil, I did it thanks to a chocolate cake, which you would, you know. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Go on, what's the story on that? Come on, I hear some gigs. <laughs> No, because, you know, you know, wine, and you, you know, you always think of olive oil as just you know something that you toss on 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 your salad or on your plate, but not seeing that there, it's so much more complex. And so we went to. Uh, I have these friends. He's a master wine sommelier. She's a professional olive oil sommelier. So when you go over to their house, everything is paired to perfection. And so for dessert, she brings out this very plain chocolate cake which was surprising considering how much she cooks. And then she says, wait, don't eat it. And she sprinkled over this this olive oil from Sicily. And it was just like, like if suddenly like this symphony just start started and you're like, what just happened? And the chocolate with these, with this olive oil, it was just mind blowing. And so that's when I decided that I had to look into the olive oil world, which I fell in love with. Yeah. And it also, you know, when we do our olive oil tastings, because tasting olive oil um, has this, you have to make the, like these noises, which is very funny. It's even fun to do because people are sort of embarrassed by like all these loud, like vacuum noises that you have to make with your mouth because you have to spray it sort of inside. And you, can you give us? Can you just give us an impersonation now, please? Valeria, please. I'm not a sommelier. I don't want to. I'm sorry. So this is the sound that you have to make when you take a sip of olive oil. You go like this, and so you. <laughs> 
It sounds like you're pumping up a bicycle tire. <laughs> exactly. But inside, inside. <laughs> and it's so much fun. But that's how you that's and that's and that's how you taste the olive oil. And it's just so much fun. And so you have these when I do these olive oil tastings and I tell people you know, you're going to laugh, but this is how you taste it. And then I, I have them try it without doing it. And they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. Okay. you got a question, um, Valeria on, you're a trained pastry chef. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. I'm the nerdy one. I'm the nerdy one who, who, who has fun weighing three grams of baking powder. Yeah. N- never ask her for a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> because my sister makes fun of me because because I love the reason why I've always loved pastry because it's an exact science. You know, I'm I'm not one of those people who cook by just like by emotions, like a pinch of this and a dash of that. I'm just like, okay, but how many grams exactly do I need? And so <laughs> that's why I went to pastry school because, and I just have so much fun giving my sister my recipes because you know it's 14 grams of of this and 12 grams of eggs. What do you mean 12 grams of eggs? I'm like, yeah, well, the recipe, how do you weigh 12 grams? So it's fun. It's this thing between the two because she's all about passion. You know, she just throws the ingredients and and um, so and that are very different. Are you, are you slightly obsessive compulsive then with the... Uh... I, oh, I am the one, yes. I'm that type of person, yes. You do all the cleaning of the, after the kitchen? Is it after? No, no, she does not. She does not do that. <laughs> organization in her head but in terms of uh, physical reality no she's just out of the door and leaving you to clean up right no but she i mean she i'm just going to tell you that she weighs the meatballs <laughs> it's a family show um let's <laughs> and with this i have said it all when i make polpette you know yes but that's that's not pastry ben let's not get out of topic okay okay i'm sorry i'm sorry okay go <laughs> okay so if i am um, if i if i am invited to dinner in Rome, and um, I need to bring a pastry uh, or dessert wine. Is there um, any particular combinations that you would that you recommend? Benny, Benny has a theory as a sommelier, and um, she has a theory. Benny, no, my my theory is that if you when people invite you for dinner, usually they have everything everything set. So the wine is paired with, you know, especially the people that, that I hang out with, everything is paired together. So if you bring a bottle, you can you can bring a bottle, but it will be, you know, saved for some other time. They will not open it at the, at the dinner table. So, you know, bring bring something else or or bring a bottle of grappa. Grappa, yeah, that, that will knock people out though, I guess. That will knock people out, yes. So, you know, in terms of activities, obviously, you know, you've got a, a business which is really about educating people. Um, what other activities do you offer um, to those that um, people that come to visit you in Rome? Well, before, um, before obviously, all this pandemic, everything that we focused on were in-person experiences. So, you know, starting from our cooking classes um, and our food tours, wine tastings, or very private events, like a very special picnics or everything related to food and wine is is we can do and we've done everything and then with no not with the pandemic but a project that we've had for for several years but you know it's just mainly the two of us who run this company so there is so much that we can do in in 24 hours we've always had this this side project 
During a cooking class, 60%, 70% of the experience is the cooking class itself. So, you know, you can't get too much into detail of talk, talking about ingredients and techniques and this and the other. So something that we've always wanted to do was to have an online cooking school. And so we had everything set out. We had everything organized in our heads. And, it, you know, the positive side of being stuck in your home for two, three months is that we were able to put up this online cooking school that we've put so much thought and time in it because that's all we had. And so it turned out probably to be a lot better than it would have ever been had we you know, designed it in the middle of our food tours and, and other organizations. So, I mean, for these online, um, the online cooking school, it's not just audio. Would we getting would, would be, be getting video as well as audio, seeing exactly what you're doing in the kitchen? Well, yeah. I mean, how, how we designed it, it, it's sort of like Netflix. So you, you you go on demand and you and you choose what you want to make. So, for example, our our, our pasta, our complete guide on pasta, you have uh, the written instructions, and then you have a set of very simple with no sound videos that actually show you exactly what you have to do. So you're making orecchiette. There, you actually get to see like really how to make orecchiette or cavatelli. Like it's just videos, a set of instructions, videos, set of instructions, videos with, with no talking because, you know, sometimes people just don't like to listen to people talk. And so it's all without sound. So you can loop it until you practice and practice until you get it right. Yeah. So it's just like step by step. And again, in, in, in our online cooking school called Italian Home Cooking Made Simple, because it's, it's not a professional school. We, what we try to, to teach and share is traditional Italian home cooking. And, um, so what we do is there is a lot of storytelling also, just like we do with our in-person experiences. We tell you why, you know, why um, certain types of gnocchi like bread gnocchi are made in certain parts of Italy or why do they use these ingredients? Why do you have hard wheat flour? Why is hard wheat flour pasta traditional to the southern part of Italy? What are orecchiette? How did, you know, just a little bit of storytelling so that it, it adds value to, to the recipes and the dishes that people are preparing. So, I mean, just we, talking about orecchiette, um, I mean, how long would it take you to explain that? I mean, just give us a couple of lines, you know, um, how, how you would start off. You know, today we're gonna, I'm going to show you how to make or describe how to make orecchiette. Uh, do you start off with the ingredients and then the, the way it's done and the cooking time? And Yeah, the, there's a beautiful picture of all the ingredients set, set out on the table. And then, you know, there is the link that takes you to how you prepare the basic dough. So you have, you know, semola in aqua and then how you knead it and how much you have to leave it to rest. And then my the hands, my hands, show you how to roll, how to roll it and then how to cut it. Like you get to see it. They're all like 15 seconds videos. And then I show you, you take the knife, you place it here, you roll it and you pull it. It's just a very short video that shows you exactly the movement that you have to make with the knife, like the angle that you have to put the knife so that the orecchiette turns out well. It's so simple, but it's so intimidating. I mean, people are intimidated about making pasta because it seems so complex but actually it's you know once you get a hand of it it's so much fun i mean do you get good i mean do people can people give you feedback and do they give you feedback and do they give give you good feedback and what, what is a sort of typical thank you know they contact you say oh thank you so much i've been trying to you know make x dish for 15 years and now finally uh, i've cracked it which, which are the dishes that people find really 
difficult that you unlock the, the, the door for. Well, strangely enough, people are fascinated by, and, and it's simple as it may seem, like ravioli, you know, ravioli, which seems as, you know, something so complicated, or even fettuccine, you know, fettuccine, which is 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 relatively simple. But if we have uh, friends from the U- U.S. or even from Australia that are like, you know, I've been trying to get the dough right. I did not know that you had to put the dough to rest for at least an hour before you used it. And then we explain why you have to leave it. So that too, like, oh, finally I got the dough right. So my pasta is turning out well. You know, you were saying about ravioli. Ravioli, you could have just like problems, like the sheet of pasta dries out immediately. And so the two pieces, the, the dish, two sheets won't stick together when you sit. And so, you know, we, we, we also let them know and we, we also explain, you know, what are the little tips that you could do in case that happens? You just like, you know, put a little bit of water around or you have to cover, you have to do it quickly, do one sheet at the time. Um, so we give all that information. And in each lesson, because about each of our, um, each of our courses, which are actually called complete guides, they are have approximately 50 to 60 different lessons. And on each page there at the bottom, there is a comments section so that you, you know they have questions or they ask each other things like what kind of pasta? I live in the US. What kind of pasta or what kind of flour? Because, you know, in Italy, we don't have all purpose flour. In other countries, they have different names, different blends. And so it's a place where people can ask can ask questions. And also one of the things of, about, you know, one of the values of, of, of our cooking school, other than, um, than being completely done by um, 100%, you know, Italians like we are, is that all the textbooks and all the recipe books that we have used for the pasta, for the gnocchi, now we're going to be adding other ones, are, um, have never been translated to any other language other than Italian. So it's a huge part of our local knowledge that we took the time to explain because we didn't only translate some things. We actually had to explain some things from scratch because we know, you know, after many years having like cooking classes with, with non-Italians, we know what they don't know. And, and so we try to fill in the gaps so that people have a full understanding, just like cooking pasta. You know how many times we've been asked, do you boil the water? Do you rinse the pasta before? Or do you rinse the pasta after it's cooked? They don't know because obviously, because it's not part of their culture. So you really go, you really, you know, you treat everybody um, as not saying knowing nothing, but giving everybody all the details. Everything. Yeah, so nobody feels stupid, right? Yeah, Benny, you're. Yes. Yeah, we're both thinking the same thing. We are. I'll say it. Okay, you say it. So you have to know that as, as our mom is an amazing cook, our dad, he has problem. Like he calls my mom's like, okay, how do you boil an egg? He's wonderful. He, he eats and he's, you know, but he doesn't. So we, every time we finish the lesson, we're like, okay, would dad understand how to make this? <laughs> it's like the lowest common denominator. It's like, okay, yes. Okay, fine. So it's been, it's been approved. He obviously doesn't know. He doesn't, he doesn't know that. He's got to see, but yeah. And so it's very basic and done easily for for anybody to understand. Yeah, we need more of that in wine because still wine is such a bamboozling topic for many, many people. And See, yes. Some wine speak is just undecipherable, even by wine experts. So um, we seem to over, 
overspeak people. But you need then you need more people like me. You know why? Because I'm not. <laughs> my sister hates me for this. But at any time that you know our wine sommeliers get together and they have all this conversation. And, and, and so I tell them, you know, you guys should speak into, with like normal people language because I don't understand what a wine, it's edgy. You're like, what does, what does edgy mean? Or it's tart. It's just like, but I don't understand. I mean, so practically I try to do with wine the same thing that we try to do with cooking, you know. Everybody has to understand it. You can't use those sommelier words because they are not giving me any valuable information. You know, if you tell me that a wine is tart, I don't even know what the meaning is. I mean, I can't even, or it's a, it has a round taste. <laughs> you just like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And so I put my sister and our familiar Eric into so much trouble because I said, I have to understand it. And so we don't like her. <laughs> no, they hate me. But still, I write a spoof book with um, wine terms and then give really silly answers. Yeah, she, she does make a point, though. You know, we take we take things for granted. You guys take things for granted, like she does. You know, when she gave me a, a vanilla pot and told me to to soften it up, I had no idea. I started banging it on the table. You know, I'd never seen a vanilla pod. I only, only caught the last bit of that little. Uh, may have to do some clever editing. <laughs> So um, when people come to um, to Rome, obviously Rome is in the Lazio uh, region. Are you able, assuming that COVID wasn't here, do you, do you do like guided tours and things? Take people out of the out of the cooking school, or is it all indoors? Uh, no, I mean when we do when we do uh, no cooking school. Well, we actually have two different. We had two different types of of cooking schools, and and one in the morning we would take them to the to the largest covered local market of the neighborhood. And, uh, and so they would actually, cause you know, we would get some ingredients. So we'd buy the ingredients that are in season. And so that then they would, uh, you know, we had our organic egg lady. So we'd get the eggs from her to make tiramisu and, uh, yeah. And then out all our food tours that are not, you know, nothing that did not involve cooking classes were all out and about in beautiful neighborhoods of Rome, the center, Trastevere and all these. Yeah. So you did like sightseeing as well, because you would go to Piazza Navona, Trastevere, Campo dei Fiori, like all these places. So as you were walking and we would take people into like minor streets, probably places that they would have never, you know, gone through just because just to show them the beauty of all the side streets in the neighborhood as we were moving from, you know, from one vendor to another throughout the food or the wine too, the, the tastings, yes. I mean, what is the typical demographic um, of, of these classes? I mean, do you do, for example, like um, classes for older people and then a separate classes for younger people or complete novices or people that are really good cooks and want to go to the next level how does it work in terms of how are they structured no our, our cooking classes are are what we want to what we want people to learn when they come here is it's like stuff that they could easily replicate when they are home so our morning cooking class our morning cooking classes they can they can pick like we have an all pizza class so they learn to make pizza but like the pizza that you can actually not think about you know three days in advance that you want to prepare the dough and then you 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 use your your oven and so just very simple simple recipes Pasta or gnocchi, or evening class was uh, they would make uh, ravioli, so we teach them how to make pasta. Potato gnocchi t- and and tiramisu, and then the sauces, so amatriciana, carbonara, or grisha. I mean, whatever they 
they they wanted. And that was the basics. Higher cooking classes mostly were on request, but usually no. This was the the, the standard. And also, as as you know, as for the people, we had a lot of families or we had just couples. Um so we've 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 done it for for children only you know it was just an only children up, up to there is no and as in demographics there is no specific age mainly families a lot of people young people but then you know we've had elderly people who were you know in their um retired age and so they would enjoy they would even be off season so we pretty much have had just a wide variety of, of ages. Obviously, in terms of your business at the moment with the restrictions um, caused by uh, COVID, um, and how are you coping with that? And obviously, you've done, you've done you, you know, you do a lot of stuff online with the videos, etc. Um, how, how are you surviving? Well, our cooking, our online cooking school is something that we are really promoting because that is something that really helps you know, it's it's also giving giving and servicing people who cannot come here. So definitely, everything our experiences now has moved to um, online. You know, we we also keep on sharing and we are preparing other videos for YouTube. We we have not been doing live online. That's one of what one of our decisions was. We haven't done online cooking lessons. Because it is live. live ones. Yes, right. Because it's very difficult to organize with jet lags and things like that. But what we have been doing, and we've done it every single Saturday since, since lockdown in March. Yeah, we have, a, um, we have a closed Facebook group called Local Aromas Family. Um, and we've invited all the people that, you know, have had some kind of a experience with us. But anybody who just really enjoys our style and our family. And every single Saturday evening at 7 p.m. Um, Italian time, we we go live. So it's my it's the two of us. It's the Foodie Sisters in Italy and one of our chefs and who cooks a family recipe, their family recipe live. It's about half an hour live. And and it's fun. We get a lot of engagement because, you know, people start it's since we've been doing this since March, you know, people have started even if they're some are in Chile, other are, are, are is in Canada, and they got to know each other. So it's like, oh hi, uh, you're here, and they start asking all. It's it's fun, you know. We've we've made it. We've made a nice community. It's yeah, a nice community and a very nice um, appointment. So on Monday, our chef asks the group what recipe she wants. Uh, she wants um, they want her to prepare. And so they choose it, they vote, and then on Saturday, that's the recipe that she prepares. Perfect. Okay. So listen, if we can, um, if we can make it work later this year, could you um, try to walk me through an online cooking lesson? That would be wonderful. Yeah. What would uh, you may not have to tell me now, but if you've got anything in your head, what would you propose we could uh, we could cook? Well, Benny's favorite Roman pasta is pasta alla gricia. Okay, what's that? Yeah, it's um, it's probably one of the least famous <laughs> Roman pastas, and it's it's probably the easiest one to make, which basically is guanciale, which is the pork jowl, and and pecorino and pepper, and that's it. So it's like a carbonara with no egg, or a cashew pepe with guanciale, or matriciale without tomato. Yeah. Well, my my little boy, he'd love that. He loves cashew pepe and uh, all that stuff. So uh, right, we can. 
maybe get him uh, if uh, this COVID thing goes away. And, yes, uh, absolutely. We could make we could make pasta from scratch, and then and then we 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 dress it with a cashew with cashew paper and 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 and, uh, and guanciale, and you get the grisha, which is delicious, delicious. Okay, because his his mum, obviously, I'm from, I'm from the UK. His mum is. Born in Tuscany, but her parents um, are from uh, Puglia. Ah, we've also got the kind of Tuscan cuisine as well to to wade through. So it'd be quite nice to get a bit of um, something from more more central Italy around where you guys. Wonderful culinary world. Gosh, the, oh yeah. I keep my weight down. It is is not easy. Tell us about it. <laughs> One final question. Um, yeah, how come you speak such good English? Well, because. Um, so our, our, our dad, um, he used to be, uh, he used to work for Alitalia. He was the manager of Alitalia. And so when we were just, uh, I was just three years old and my sister was just a couple of months old because she's the youngest. Yes. Well, better people notice it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he was moved to Thailand. And so, uh, so we lived six years in, in Bangkok. And so when my parents had to put us in kindergarten, they put us in, in an English speaking kindergarten. And so, cause they knew that that was going to be our life and until, you know, until high school. So we lived six years in Thailand and then we moved to Brussels. We were two years in Brussels and then six beautiful years in Caracas. I mean, beautiful years for us. My mom hated it. And yeah, in Venezuela. And then we finished off in Santiago del Chile, in Chile. And so we actually, yeah, and so, the, so then, you know, we did an American school through for all the 12 years. And actually then when we moved back to Rome to go to university, I personally had to take an Italian course for foreigners because we spoke Italian because our parents forced us to speak Italian at home, but we actually never actually studied Italian grammar. And as you know, Italian gam- grammar could be quite tricky. And so, yeah, but, and so that's, that's, that's why, but between my, you know, my sister, we speak English, we speak Italian. And then, you know, we're also fluent in Spanish because we lived 10 years in South America. Um, just want to say thanks to you both, uh, Benedetta and Valeria Bianchini, foodie sisters in Italy. Thank you. Thank you. You seem like you wear permanent smiles, just I uh, haven't seen you. <laughs> that's great, you know, because you know, there's a lot of grumpy people around, but um, uh, it's nice having sort of fun foodie people that know what they're talking about. Don't take it too seriously, but have a very um, precise and concise way of describing um, how to improve your culinary skills. So welcome, uh, well done, sorry, to both of you. And I look forward to my little course actually with you guys. Absolutely, it's going to be fun. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to design it. And then obviously, obviously then you're going to have to pair the wine. Okay, I'll do my best. You'll do your best. <laughs> and you'll have to explain me your choice in a very simple language so that I understand why you chose that wine. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm anything but a wine snob. I mean, hopefully. All right, you guys. Benedetta Valeria Bianchini, thank you so much for Thank you so much. Grazie. Grazie. Ciao. Ciao. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, chin chin.